hey, welcome back to the Tim Weichselbaum Show. This is episode 30. Wow, can you believe it? We made it to episode 30. Every week I have done this without failure. I've moved it around the days. The days keep getting forwarded to the next day. I don't, I'm not able to stick to a schedule. That's something I'm just not capable of doing in any facet of my life, even with things that are just set in stone like garbage day. I don't follow that. I don't subscribe to garbage day every week. It's on Tuesday. It's coming up. Today's Monday. It's 2 a.m. I'm recording this at 2 a.m., 2.20 in the a.m. on Monday morning. And uh, yeah, sometimes I just don't take out my garbage cans. And sometimes I don't have to because I don't generate that much garbage. I am a green person. I'm carbon neutral. I don't make the environment worse. I have no kids. You're welcome. I'm more green than a lot of people on the left that believe in global warming and that believe it's a problem that we need to do something about. I don't like those people. And I do believe in global warming. I just don't care about it. It makes me, you know, it's kind of scary a little bit sometimes. It scares me that it causes more powerful storms and more extreme temperatures and all that. But come on, am I going to even live to see it go, you know, am I, I just want to make it to 40, maybe 50 after that, maybe 60. I don't care after that 70. Fuck it. I'll live to 70. There's some sharp 70 year olds. 80. Lord Michaels is only 77. I thought he was way older than that. I thought it was in his 80s. That's not that old. Donald Trump. He's in his late, mid to late 70s. I don't know. He is sp spry. I don't know, man. He was in Austin a week ago, and uh, I don't didn't see him. I don't care. I don't care that much about him. He's, he's fun to see speak sometimes, but like I can't make it through the whole... I don't know. He's funny. He's a good comedian. He's a good public speaker. And uh, I'm, I'm seven years, not Jesus Christ. I'm not seven years sober from alcohol. I'm seven months sober from alcohol. And I guess it's, I don't know. I started this podcast right after stopping the, uh, the alcoholic consumption of alcohol. Uh, that's kind of one of the reasons I wanted to start this podcast is to some, it's something to do, you know, uh, and it could besides alcohol, alcohol, I don't miss it. I don't pine. I don't think about it. I don't crave it. I don't miss spending money on it. It's a really good revenue maker for bought for places that I go a lot, like, you know, comedy clubs, I don't, I don't miss it at all, man. It's garbage. It just makes you uh, say things you, you shouldn't say. It doesn't, it makes you more confident sometimes, but also I'd rather learn how to be confident without it, man. Like I've done sets like that I was nervous for and I've used alcohol to try to get less nervous for them. And it's some, it doesn't help all the time. Cause if you're not funny, if you're not going to be funny with alcohol, Alcohol 
can open you up to be funnier if you already have it inside you, but it's not going to make you funnier if you're just not funny. It's just not. It'll make you madder. It'll make you darker. That's a guarantee. It makes you nicer to people. makes you want to talk to people that you would normally never want to talk to, and I don't like that about it because I don't really need to talk to everyone. I don't really like that about it. I was at a stupid... I was at a comedy club in the backyard, you know, which is the only reason to to go there is to hang out, I guess. And uh, I did a mic, but whatever. And this person started to talk to me who was very drunk. And he shook my hand, which I hate. I talk, I don't like handshakes. I don't like spreading germs. Uh, I don't trust that people's hands are clean. And he had, and his hands were wet because if he was holding a drink and it was condensating, whatever. And I was like, I don't want to. But I did it anyway because you don't want to piss off a drunk person because they're more like they have hairline-triggered emotions. So I was just like, yeah, I'll fucking shake your hand. But I gave him a half-assed handshake because I didn't like, I don't like getting my hand wet by people I don't, and I don't know this guy. Like, fuck him. He was drunk. Who gives a fuck if I shake his hand or not? So sometimes I just go like that. If somebody's reaching for a handshake, I just go like that. And then they go, oh. Okay, and then they just do a fist bump, and that's way better. And I guess it's not that rude to do. It's not that rude to reject a handshake and convert it, downgrade it to a fist bump. It's kind of not the nicest thing to be have done to you. It's like no man, fist bump. But it's better than just blocking them off and saying and not doing anything. I don't know, man. So fuck alcohol and all the people that I know that drink. That are alcoholics, um, they do it every every day pretty much, and they look like shit. They they look like older than they are. I don't like that about. I don't need that in my life. So anyway, I'm so that's the ch- sober check in. It's going great. I'm killing it. Last week's episode had some technical issues. My camera just fucked up, or the recording software just was corrupted at a certain point. So it was unrecoverable unrecoverable data and i don't like that because if there's one thing i want about this thing is it for it to be intact i don't like missing recordings i don't like when the camera freezes i think it's a hard drive issue who cares this is a very important thing for me like this is all i do consistently i don't i you know i do stand up and uh, i've been doing it pretty much every day i have nothing else that I do. I don't do anything during the day. Somebody asked me what I do during the day. I was like, uh, sleep. I don't, I don't exist in the daytime. I don't just wake up at like 9am and go, well, okay, let's go out and explore the world. Let's do stuff. Let's like, no, I'm not normal. I don't go paddle boarding. I can't. I'm not physically capable of being up in the daytime because I just am a vampire and I have a weird brain that doesn't work too good. So I was like, yeah, I don't I do not do anything during the day. I sleep and I'm up all night. It's very bad. It's not healthy. And uh, But so I do stand-up, though. I, any day that I'm able to, I do stand-up. Uh, not every single day. That's also impossible. And I got into a little debate with some, not a debate, but like somebody else was like 
asking me how often I do stand up. Like, do I do it every day? Because I said I was nine years in, which is true. I've been doing it since 2012, almost 10 years. And I've taken breaks, like, you know, just like for sure I've taken breaks. COVID, you know. Uh, and sometimes you just stop doing it. But they were kind of like challenging me on whether I was doing it right or whatever. I was like, so they were like, nine years. So how long? Do you, but do you do it every day? I was like, well, no. Not every day. I mean, sometimes I just need a break. I need a mental break, break from that shit. I have clinical depression, and like sometimes I just can't get out of bed. It's just like, oh, I have a different philosophy on that than I'm from an older, I don't know. When I started, got into it, people did it every day or something. I was like, okay, that's great, but I don't know a single person that does it every day. I mean, I get the philosophy. That's a great, like... I, I'm on the same page. Uh, I am part, I do subscribe to that philosophy that you should do it every fucking day. But in practice, yeah, it's not possible. It's not possible. Sometimes your car breaks down. I don't know. Like there's nothing going on every day that you can get on. I don't know. I guess you could just do it in your backyard. Yeah. So I don't do comedy every day, but I'm still very dedicated to it. I want to do it as a career. I don't know if I have the ability to do it as a career or the temperament or the stable, you know, emotional stability to do it as a career. I'm, But I am funny enough, I guess. I mean, I, I freaking hope so. There's some unfunny people that, that have it, that I guess have a career. Anyway, so I don't, it just rubbed me the wrong way because she just quickly assumed that I wasn't following that i wasn't dedicated to it or something but uh yeah i'm pretty dedicated to it i do comedy in places that other people refuse to do it like i do it anywhere and everywhere i do it on the street i do it in parks still even though there's no reason to you could do it indoors now i still do it in parks and outdoor venues which is not ideal but if that's all you could get, then I'll make something of it. I mean, there is this really bad one that I did last week that I'll probably never go to again. Just because it was, it's just like, a, I didn't like the people that hosted it. And it was like, just nobody was, not a single person was doing well. So I had no nerves because I already, because I just knew that, okay, if nobody's doing well and it's pretty much impossible to get a laugh, I'll just have fun with it and just mess around, which is what I did. And uh, I was the only one to do well. And uh, I, I'm starting to remember that I could, I have that ability to do well in rooms where nobody else is. It's just a skill that I've, I don't know, developed over time. It's like how to make use out of something that no, that's nobody. That seems impossible. I, I'd rather do that than do a show where everyone's doing well. I don't care about that. I don't like doing a show where everybody's doing well. I like there to be a challenge. Because if you do well in, in dead rooms, you'll do very well in a, a live room. And they'll, you'll stand out as somebody who really did well, not just did okay. It's like, oh, everyone's doing well. No, this guy murdered because he... 
has been lifting weights that are above the weight that is currently being lifted. If it's an easy room, but you've been lifting weights by doing harder rooms, you will crush in the easy room and still stand out. So anyway, I'm starting to learn how to stand out. And uh, it takes practice. It takes consistently going up because I know if I'm going to suck or not. I can't do well unless I think I'm good enough. I can't fake it. I can't just be like, yeah, this joke, here's this one. Nah, man, I have to believe in myself, and that takes actually being genuinely good at it, which takes practice, believe it or not. I can't just rely on my innate ability. I have to actually lift the weights, and uh, then I'll start, then I'm, I'll be better. Anyway, I, so speaking of drugs, like alcohol, I don't do that, and I uh, am never, hopefully never going to get back to it. And I mean, who knows, maybe never say never. But weed, I also don't do that much anymore. I don't like weed for the way it makes me mellow, first of all. I don't like being mellow. Uh, and I don't like that it makes me hate myself. It makes me rethink everything I've ever done. And it makes me think that I'm not good enough to be a comedian. It makes me not want to go out makes me not want to interact with people, and it makes me feel like I'm a worthless piece of garbage. So weed sucks, and I, you know, you gotta keep to your guns. You gotta, like, I, like, it always makes me think you should keep smoking this. It's your medicine. It keeps you in line. But that's not the point of life. It's to just stay in the shadows away from the world. You should actually be out there making a change, moving the needle. Like, who cares if you like weed makes me want to be liked by everybody or at least not hated by everybody and that's a waste of time who gives a shit if somebody hates me i i i i like that i like kind of that if people don't like me because i don't know it's fun um so you got to just not listen to that inner monologue or dialogue you just got to live life don't you mean that's just part of it. The reason Louis C.K. got canceled is not because he did anything wrong. It's because he was too famous for his own good. It's just the a nature of the universe, of nature of humanity, is that anytime somebody's doing so well on a totem, like they're just way, their status is just super high, something has to happen. Something's got to give because people get jealous and it's just part of, you know, group think to be like, no, we got to do something about it. I don't know. I, I mean, I knew it was coming before the allegations came out. I knew that he was too famous. He was too mainstream. Like, as funny as he is, he shouldn't be that popular. Like, he's he's the funniest man, funniest comedian in the world, but that don't mean that everybody should celebrate him. So I just knew that that was coming. I don't know, man. Uh, so it's just, and people are afraid of being canceled who aren't even famous, that aren't even successful at all. Like they have some, I don't even know if you could call it success, but like I can think of one comic who was afraid of being on a podcast with another comic that is more controversial. He was afraid of getting canceled 
by going on the podcast. It's like, what are you, you're not even successful yet. You've been on a few shows here. You get put up on shows here and there, local shows. Is that it? That's what you're afraid of being canceled from? Open mics and like locally run shows? Yeah, that seems kind of pointless and like makes me not respect them as much. It's like, you should you shouldn't be afraid of getting canceled. You should be afraid of not having a. You should be afraid of uh, being amateur. You should be afraid of staying where you are. That's way more scary than cancellation. Is is not being good enough to be canceled. That's what sucks. That's what you should be complaining about. You should be like, I wish I was cancelable. You should raise the stakes. You should. I don't know. That's like not having a career in the first place is what I'm afraid of. As I get older, it's like, oh, I'm, I'm getting gray hairs and I don't have a career. That is scary to me. The cancellation shit is bound to happen whether you like it or not, whether you do anything. You could be the safest guy in the world. If you have success, there's going to be jealous bitches that, try to, that will make shit up about you. Elon Musk, same thing. I don't know if what he did actually happened or not. It doesn't seem relevant. It doesn't matter. I mean... It happens. People take their dick out. Uh, and he is a very famous, successful person. And, like, of course, people are going to turn on him. They already have been. I mean, is he going to stop doing what he's doing? I highly doubt it. I don't think he's motivated or demotivated by cancer culture. I think he just wants to be a... He has. He's a motivated person in general. Got to not let society dictate your behavior... To some regard, I mean, as long as your behavior isn't hurting anybody, then don't listen to what society says. Because telling jokes is all I'm trying to do. And if society doesn't like that, fuck them, because I don't care. If, even if somebody gets offended by a joke, which they will, and they fucking, they should, to be honest. Some of my jokes are so fucked up that I even, I feel kind of like damn was that hate speech or was that hate speech that i just did kind it was funny though but yeah i guess if you're talking shit about a specific group of people i guess that is technically hate speech but also it's funny though it was funny so well, it's a tough it's a conundrum puts me in a tough spot because i don't want to be considered like a hate speecher hate speaker but i kind of am it's kind of what i'm doing up there sometimes fun other people do it too i don't know i do it so that is a sketchy place to put be when it comes to having a trying to be a professional comedian if you do hateful jokes then uh it's hard to advertise yourself it's like hey man i see that you run a show well i would be perfect for it what do you think? I do jokes about how I don't like people of specific races, ethnicities, and gender, and sexual orientation. What do you think? Would I be good for your show? Yeah, so that's why I don't really put myself out there too much. I let people come to me. Anyone could message me at any time on Instagram. I check every message. I don't care. No one's ever said anything mean to me on there. And I've never been booed off stage, which I find kind of... 
Not insult. I just find that to mean that I'm not working hard enough to insult people. I feel like I am being too diplomatic. Consider that I've never been booed off stage. I guess because I don't do enough shows. If I did shows that had a real audience, I would get booed off stage. I don't know. I try to ride the line. I don't try to insult people. Like if I do a joke that was edgy, I usually do something to show that I was just kidding. Like I smile. Uh, but also sometimes I'm not kidding. Sometimes I actually do mean the joke, but it's just still funny. And I smile to show that I know that it's edgy, but hey, it's okay to hate. It's okay to be a little hateful. Um, there's no laws against it. Like it's not, it's legal and it's funny. Like there's some racist Southerners that wear the uh, Confederate flag on their bodies all the time. Like, you know, they have a belt buckle that says that, you know, that shows their support for the Confederacy. And uh, so what? They're, they, they're allowed to be alive. I mean, they're, they, I would hang out. I mean, they seem, as long as they're not doing anything violent, that is just part of their personality. You know, it's like I could celebrate. I could enjoy their company and laugh at them if they're doing something. Fun. So I don't know, man. I guess I'm too in my head about it sometimes. But I do go up there sometimes and say some pretty bad things. And uh, sometimes it makes me feel like, whoa, man, what are you doing? So, I don't know. I'm definitely prepared for the backlash. Kind of, like, I just, I'm prepared for it. As long as it's not physical, just get out of my face. Say whatever you want about me online. And uh, I'll reap the consequences. I don't know, man. You can't slander people. There are some laws against, like, uh, defamation and all that shit. So the off if that happens, okay, maybe I'll make some money out of it. Like, uh, if they say something that's not true about you, but I've pretty much admitted to a lot of things that they'll probably say about me anyway. I don't identify as certain things though. That whatever, who cares? We'll talk more about that as it comes up. Because right now, you shouldn't be on. The point is, is you should not be phased by the demon that is cancel culture and the woke mob and uh, you just gotta plow through it because that's what they want you to do they want you to just cancel a show because an article came out that says it was a transphobic show if that's all it takes for you to cancel the show i don't know what to tell you good luck getting anywhere in this business I don't know, man. They're even trying to cancel Dave Chappelle. I mean, if you just want to be liked by everybody, then you're in the wrong business if you're trying to be a comedian. Anyway, so another drug is uh, mushrooms. I've been doing mushrooms. I took some right before going live, actually, right before pressing the record button. I took some mushroom tea. It was a small dose, but enough where I think... I'm expecting to feel something. I didn't measure it. I just looked. Okay, that's a small dose, whatever. Uh, I don't feel anything. So let's just assume that I won't. But if I do, I'll say something. I, I like taking mushrooms because it's the one thing that it takes you off the ego roller coaster. I did them a day ago. I took 0.5, half a gram. That's all I needed. I, I'm a very small person. I'm very sensitive to any drug. 
I don't need a big dose. So for me, 0.5 was a real dose. I didn't, you know, it was enough to feel it. And that I did. So it took me off the ego roller coaster that is being a artist, being a stand-up comedian, going going out and and mingling and and seeing people that think that they're too good for you, like they're too good to say hi to you or something. It takes you out of the uh, negativity that that can bring, because it is very much like high school being a comedian. You see a lot of you see other comedians that only care about themselves. And they, uh, they su- a lot of them suck. So it's like, why do I care if they don't care about me or if they pretend that they're too good for me or whatever? Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I-, I like taking a break from that. You'll get farther if you don't care about that. If you just go, well, no, I'm just, I'm a person. I'm too, I don't know, man. There's a hierarchy. You know, you have to be respectful. You have to be respectful to comics that are better than you. That's just an unwritten rule because they will throw it right back in your face. They will get annoyed if you uh, don't do that. If you think that you're good enough to just talk shit, of the, you know, make jokes at their expense and they've been doing it like 10 times longer than you, that's a faux pas. It's a comedy faux pas. Offstage behavior is very important. I would say it's more important than onstage behavior. You could be a shitty comedian on stage but if you're very good at like smoozing and kissing ass and just being social that'll make up for a lot of other shitty behavior like i knew a comic that would go around sexually assaulting male comedians that's what he did all the time you know like he would ask for dick pics and like go up to them and be like hey could i like he would just try to like you know fuck with like he would try to get his hands on other comics and he he would be very he would grope them yeah he was not a good guy but he was also very good at being charming so a lot of comics like accepted him into the inner circle of you know comics so he was looked at as a likable guy and so that's why he got away with sexually assaulting people so that's what I'm saying. That's that's proof right there. That's an that's an example right there of how off-stage behavior can be more important than how funny you are on stage. But he was actually pretty funny on stage too. So that's not really it doesn't even it's not really the point. That's not really relevant. He doesn't have a career though. So fuck him. He doesn't. He's not famous. I don't think he's doing well in comedy. But the point is is. If you are charming and and a kiss-ass and likable, you will get far. If you're not likable and just funny, people will definitely take note that you're funny and they will talk about you as someone who's funny. But that's it. It ends there. They won't help you out with your career. You're on your own if you're unlikable. And and I don't like kiss-asses. Like I was hanging out with somebody at a club... And the owner of the club was there, um, drunk, and uh, this dude was having a one-on-one conversation with them, and I was only there because he invited me to hang out with him, so of course I was going to join the conversation. That's the only reason I came there, you know, was to hang out with him. So, 
he did not really bring me into the conversation, which bugged me because I had to stand there awkwardly until somebody else, until I was spoken to, you know. I didn't really feel that social that day. And he was uh, working his maneuvering. He was, like, just agreeing with everything that the club owner said and, like, being complimentary and just because he wanted something from her. He wanted to run a show at this club. So he was schmoozing and maneuvering, and uh, I was not. I was just having a regular old conversation as a comic. I don't care that she was the owner of the club. It just didn't really register to me that I had to, I wasn't going to change my behavior just because I was around somebody with a little bit of clout. I just don't operate that way, and uh, not that night at least. Sometimes I could, I'll do that if I feel like there's a reason to. But I just didn't feel like I had any chance of, of it helping me, even if I did. Anyway, so yeah, I, I didn't like that. It made me not like him, because I don't like kiss asses. I, could, I knew he was being fake. Like she said her cat was sick, and he just assumed that meant that the cat died. So he was like, oh, sorry about your cat, by the way. And she was like, oh, no, she, he didn't, the cat didn't die. So he, I was like, Dad, that's what, that's, it's like, you're just assuming the cat died, cause you, and you're just looking at it as an opportunity to benefit you. So the cat, you assume, you just make up this story about how a cat, you just like, oh, her cat died, I think. I'm going to use this to help out my career by saying sorry about your fucking cat, which didn't actually die. So just very transparent that, the what he was doing. It's a very, gross thing to do it's like oh i'm gonna make this i'm gonna use this to benefit me i mean people do that all the fucking time that's what show business is kind of it's like anything that could help me out and only me yeah so i don't know man pissed me off and i so by comparison i looked like i was being a dick by not schmoozing and being a yes man i was just like giving my own I was just having a regular discussion, like she said, about, you know, asking me, I don't know, just, I, I was just not going to agree with everything they said. And so by that, by virtue of being a normal person and having my own opinions, I stood out as like a negative person. And I was like, no, I'm just reacting to the, your negativity. Like she was being very negative and uh gatekeeper and like pompous i don't know like she, she was like elitist kind of like i know what i'm talking about whatever you have to say is not valid because you're new here or something like that well actually no i've been been around the, i've been doing comedy for a while so actually i have my own opinions and i'm not a kiss ass but i get it if you're in somebody else's club or home or anywhere you should probably not be a dick to them so I was I don't think I was though. I don't think I was being a dick. I was just not going along. I just wasn't being a kiss ass. And that's all it took to look like a dick. Which tells me all I needed to know about that place. So I didn't move here for that club. I moved here for other reasons and uh it wasn't a overnight decision and I don't like when people talk shit about things just because it's hip to talk shit about. Like a lot of people talk shit about Austin. I get it. It's not a great place. There's a lot. You know, it's a lot of nasty things here. I guess. Like you know, 
nasty people that have big egos that moved here from L.A. I get it. They're horrible. They're trash. But they're people, man. That's why. That's what mushrooms help you remember or understand is that other people, if you were them, you'd be just as, you'd be the same way. If you came from L.A. to Austin, yeah, you would be a douchebag because you're from a better city. You know, so you, to you, Austin's a downgrade. So of course you're going to be like complaining and like people aren't going to like you who are from here or Texans aren't going to like you, of course. But uh, people are people, man. And like people that talk shit about establishments and just say that this establishment is bad. You got it's more layered than that. There's more layers to the onion. It's like, yeah, I, you know, I don't know. I'm trying not to be too specific about who I'm talking about. And also, yeah, like another example of people talking shit about things just because it's hip to hate things like In-N-Out. Somebody was saying that In-N-Out sucks. And I'm like, okay, I'm not going to argue. But when it comes down to what is the what's better than In-N-Out? What is a better fast food burger joint? than in and out that's open late and that has cheap prices not there's nothing there's nothing better so that's why in and out gets so much praise you know there's a reason it's so popular it's good it's high quality ingredients they don't overcharge you there's not a super long wait all the time it's way better than other places it's way better than water burgers way better than p terry's p terry's is a close second P. Terry's is okay, but it's not as good as In-N-Out. It doesn't taste as good. as I've had them both compared to... I've had them, and uh, there's a reason In-N-Out is, is so popular. So it doesn't suck. So you're definitely just saying that to be a contrarian. And uh, it makes me kind of think you're just like a hipster. And uh, hipsters... I don't like hipsters. Yeah, like if you're going to have an opinion... Why not have it be based on truth instead of just being based on not going along with other opinions? My opinion is based, that's what hipsters do. They go, well, my opinion is based on not what other people like, what nobody likes. So it's not a good opinion. It's just the one that nobody else has because it's not a good. So it's like, that's why people don't like hipsters. Like I like to form opinions based on my actual experience there's no way somebody went to in and out burger and had a bad burger it's always the same consistent quality there's no way that they don't like in and out so to say that it sucks is wrong objectively to say that it's overrated that's arguable that's debatable that's something you could actually believe fine it's probably overrated so is a lot of shit that's good most things that are good are overrated big whoop so anyway, the mushrooms. I don't know. I can feel. I feel weird. I'll say that much. I feel weird, <laughs> and it's stopping me from saying it's. I'm not mad. I usually do this podcast when I'm angry and want to yell about something, and I raise my voice a lot. I'm not really mad right now. I slept it off. I had so much. I slept for about sixteen hours. Um. And I knew that I would sleep that much because I, I know myself by now. I ate a lot. 
I was up at 8 a.m. on Sunday, and I was like, why am I awake? Because I slept before that. And I was like, why am I awake right now? I know that I don't want to be. I'm not just going to, there's nothing to do. Um, so I just ate a lot of nuts, a whole, like, like a large amount of nuts, more than you're supposed to. And then I slept for 16 hours. So here I am back in business. So the ego roller coaster is something that mushrooms take you off. It's a fun, it's a bad ride to be on. It's a fun ride sometimes. Otherwise, obviously nobody would ride it. It's fun when it's going well, like when you when people are coming up to you and sucking your dick and you do what well, you could the comedy ups and downs it takes you off for that, but who cares, man? So many comedians do mushrooms, and they do it for a reason because their because their brains are fucked up, and so anyway, we talk about mushrooms enough. Modafinil is another drug that I've been experimenting with. I think I already talked, yeah, but I'm still experimenting with it. I'm not abusing it yet. I could see myself maybe abusing it at some point, like taking it every fucking day and taking more than you're supposed to until you have a tolerance and just taking it anyway. I know that I'm capable of abusing drugs. I've done it with weed. Uh, I've done it with alcohol. So modafinil, though, the reason I'm doing it, the reason it's worthy of being used is because it wakes you up and it makes you more productive. It doesn't get you high, but it just makes you feel fully awake and it makes you want to actually do shit and use your brain and be and like that's why it's used useful. So the problem is like I know somebody who does it way who is abusing it I guess. Because he's chasing something. He's chasing the high. Even though it doesn't get you high, he's chasing the benefits that it gives you. Because it makes you a little bit quicker. It makes you smarter. makes you think of shit. So I get it. I get why he's doing it so often. But it's a lesson to be learned. It's like, okay, you don't need to take it every day. Don't take it every fucking day. Let your system process it. But anyway, it is a good drug, though. Okay, so speaking of sleep, I've been at my mental, I'm still mental, I don't like being mentally ill, it's not fun to be that, um, a lot of comics are mentally ill, a lot of comics suck at comedy, but are, I don't know, who cares, um, I don't like when I just use comedy as a thing to do because I'm mentally ill, like I like to actually try to entertain other people not just go up there to, just because it's the only chance I have to feel some interaction with other people but I am mentally ill and I don't it's not a fun life but I think I'm doing okay considering I could take you know like I'm, I take mushrooms and if you're mentally ill they will show you your problems face to face you'll become very aware of what you're struggling with and I could take mushies, and, and all they do is make me want to be nice to people and to uh, enjoy the present and not take things for granted. But when I'm, the reason I need to take them sometimes as medicine is because normally, now that I'm off weed and off alcohol, I'm actually dealing with my real problems that are 
of mental of depression. So I go to sleep and I, I dream all night and I have recurring dreams and I, I, I am not a fan. And it just tells me that there's something going on in my brain that's not being solved because I have recurring dreams about the same topic. It's not the same exact dream, but it's the same theme. It's the same occurrence. Every time I sleep, I dream that I have a house or an apartment that's new and that has a bunch of extra rooms that I didn't know about. That's it. I just go, oh, I also have this room. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. I, I wonder what I'll do with this. This could be a, I could record music in here or something. That's it. That's the recurring topic is just having, is discovering extra rooms in my house. I don't know. I think I Googled, Googled it once and it said that means, I forgot what it meant. It meant, it said it was a positive meaning, but I don't like it. I'm sick of having the same dream every night and it's fucked up. And uh, I'm not angry about it. It's just weird. I looked into therapy, but it's like, that's as far as I got. I got as far as looking into it. It's a very challenging thing. Because you need some, you know, you, you want somebody that's actually going to help. Anyway, and I am going through an identity crisis with my stage name still. Like, I, I don't like going up as Tim Weichselbaum. And I definitely don't like going up as Timmy Gusto. It's so, anytime I hear it, I fucking get mad. I cringe. I go, ugh, that's what I'm going up as. But other times I go, well, it is not bad. It's not like it's a bad name. It's just that you don't like it. Other people don't care. Nobody's really told me not to use it. So I guess I'll try to keep using it. I'm probably going to sign up as Timmy Gusto. Yeah, I don't like, I, I don't like it. I don't like it. It's not who I am. It's like a character. It's too particular of a character for me to enjoy using it. Because I don't always do the Italian douchebag character. I only do that sometimes. Sometimes I'm more relatable. Anyway, I might use it, though, to sign up as for Kill Tony again. Because my real name, I might just use my real name, but I feel like my chances of getting pulled are higher if I don't use my real name because I think they go through it and narrow it down to who's going to be in the in the fucking hat or whatever, in the bucket. Because anytime a woman shows up, they always get up. So obviously they're doing something behind the scenes to narrow it down. Okay, who's going to actually make it into the bucket? So I don't, I don't fucking know, man. I kind of want to use my real name, though, because it is always going to be my name. Anyway, that's a boring thing to talk about, but it's true. I'm going through it. I don't like having multiple names. I just want to have one that I could start building a brand off of and actually get credits on. You want to be always changing your name. Well, I have other things to worry about. Though. I have much bigger issues than my name. You know, man? Just focus on being funny and not being a douchebag. You'll get in. That's what Bill Burr says. Don't be an asshole. Keep your head down. You'll get in. And uh, I do dangerous comedy, though. Which is, I do dangerous comedy. I already kind of talked about that. But, like, it's 
Some people get it, though, so that's all that matters. But I don't try to get up on any show. Like, if it's a show run by vegans, lefties, like super progressive communist types that hate men and only, you know, that cater to that type of mindset as opposed to just whatever's funny, that's not really the type of thing I'm trying to be a part of. I'm not trying to be a part of the woke Olympic. I'm not an athlete. In the woke Olympics, I'm just a funny dude who wants to be funny and uh, get whatever that whatever comes with that. So I don't apply to everything. Like, I didn't p- apply to the funniest person in an Austin contest. One because it costs money, I think, and I don't want to spend money on something that is going to pay zero dividends. And two, I don't care. I, don't, I already know I'm the funny one of the funniest people here. I don't need other people to tell me that I am. So it's a scam. It's like okay, we have a. It's a way to make money. Is all it is. It's a way to abuse. A better word is uh, what's the best word? Take advantage of. Find a vulnerability in, and uh, exploit is the word I'm looking for. All a comedy festival is is a way to exploit people who want validation. It's a way to to profit off them. Especially if you call it funniest person, that's the that is a very exploitative phrase. It's a very yeah, to call it that, you're definitely exploiting people who want to be called the funniest person. And like I don't I don't I don't give a fuck. I already know I'm funny. I don't need validation like that. I would like money. That's what I want right now is income from com. That'd be amazing to have income from comedy because then you really don't have to give a fuck about credits, but you need credits to get there. Credits help, whatever. It's all a fucking game. Show business is a game, and I don't like playing it, but you have to if you want to be a part of it. It's fucking disgusting. That's all I got to say about it. It's just fucking disgusting, man. I'm going to always do open mics, though. Like, because you need to do it every day as close as possible. You need to lift the weights to remember how to do it so you don't go up there with, like, uh, knots in your stomach, you know, butterflies in your stomach. You want to go up there being with the feeling of, like, I could do, I'm funny, I could do this, and you got to have fun up there. You should have fun up there. You don't always have to have fun. If you're so funny that your jokes are so rigidly planned out and practiced and rehearsed, then, you, okay, that's not going to be fun. But you could still get laughs if you're working out material that you've already done a million times and you're just doing it to do the job. That ain't fun. That's very rarely going to be fun. But you could still be funny. So it's not a... It's not a a rule that's set in stone that you have to have fun, but you should if you're just working out new material. It's, it, 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 it just helps for me to enjoy myself. Otherwise, what am I doing it for if I don't even like the job? Who, like, what, can you, like, isn't the whole point of being an artist because it's better than working a real job? So I would hope that I enjoy it a little bit. In general. And I try to make it enjoyable even at mics. Like I was at a mic on Saturday that nobody was doing well at. 
And uh, I didn't let that bother me. I didn't let that bog me down. I don't give a fuck if other people are bombing. I'm different. I'm better than them sometimes. I'm better than them not just, yeah, by sometimes I mean yesterday. The day I'm talking about happened to be when I was like, oh, I know how to do this. And so I knew how to do it. <laughs> so it was more fun. I actually had fun and was one of the only people to do well. And uh, it's possible to do that. Even with edgy jokes, whatever. People just, people just want to see something. They want to see somebody who's not afraid of being up there. They're not going to fucking enjoy that. They're going to be uncomfortable if the person they're watching is more uncomfortable than them. You should be more comfortable on stage than off stage. You should be like, this is where I am. This is my home. You should pretend that you own the entire venue when you're on stage. And uh, you'll do, yeah, like, there's a balance, though, obviously, of being a douchebag and whatever, man. I, I'm losing the ability to form words. So I had another dream. Not really. I'm still able to talk perfectly fine. I don't really know if the mushrooms are kicking in, but I don't really care. It's not worth talking about. It makes the podcast boring. Deep dish. Deep dish pizza. Had a dream about that. That's the one thing I miss about Chicago is the pizza, man. The pizza here sucks. Maybe there's some good places, but I wouldn't know because I don't eat pizza anymore. Pizza is the easiest way to get fat. I love pizza. I could eat a whole 12-incher. Well, 12-incher. I could eat more than that. I could eat a 20-incher. No problem. And my favorite pizza place is Lou Malnati's, and they don't, they don't have it here. It's only in Chicagoland. So I had a dream about that. <laughs> had a dream that I was at a comedy show and they had this shitty pizza that that everyone was talking shit about. It's like, man, this pizza, it's deceiving. Like, it looks like pizza. Tastes like garbage. And so I ordered Lou Malnati's, even though I was in Texas, which is a completely different part of the country. And I somehow was able to get it delivered that night, still warm. So I was like, I'm going to guard this with my life. And I, was, I felt like I was giving something very valuable to the room. I, was, I felt very important. And I, like, I saved the day by bringing the Lumanatis, deep dish pizza. And people talk shit about deep dish. They go, it's, just, it's not pizza, man. It's not good. Well, other people like it. I, don't, I mean, okay, that's your opinion. I'd love it. I'm not in a very passionate mood right now, either good or I'm not hateful, I'm not angry, because I'm not, I don't, it's boring. I don't have an ego right now, because like even last night or two nights ago, whatever, I was at a show and uh, I didn't say anything mean to anybody, I didn't, I hosted an open mic and that was a good time to host an open mic because I had no ego. I kind of did. Of course, I still kind of did. Like, like people were afraid to come up to me to sign up for it. It's like, I get it. I've been afraid to go up to people like that. I've, I get it. But uh, you're not going to get up. I mean, you got to, like, they, they, the reason it bugged me is because they were in my face. Like, they knew that I had the list. 
and but they still didn't say anything. They were like in the they were in my periphery. They were in front of me, They're just looking at me, and like, okay, you're not gonna say anything. So, so I had to say something. Do you want to sign up? And that bugs me that they're that autistic. That I had to be the one to ask them if they wanted to sign up. It's like, like, damn. Autism is a plague that we need to, I don't know if we need to fix it, but it is a plague in comedy. A lot of comedians have really severe autism, not just like, okay, oh, you're autistic, uh, like a joke. No, they like, they actually have it to the point where it detriments their social skills very much like even worse than than i thought was possible they and like some of them are very funny like they're funny i know that they're funny people i've seen like they're quick-witted and they have jokes but off stage they are a bore and so i don't <laughs> i don't go up to them anymore like i've given up on them like i was like yo man you're funny and then they just go, thank you, and then that's it. That's where the conversation ends. They don't reciprocate. They don't ask me about me. Like they don't really give me any reason to include to to go up to them anymore. And it's like, I get it now. I get why people do that to me. It's because I don't provide them with any reason to. If I, you know, you got it. That's just life. That's just how it goes. If you suck at talking to people, people aren't going to reward you in life and in, in your career. So you got to play the game. Got to learn how to play the game. Got to learn how to have good conversation. I don't, I don't know. I'm working on it. I'm better than some people at networking. I'm worse than, way worse than most. I'm so bad at networking, man. And uh, I don't think I'll ever get better at it. Like Bobby Lee is a comedian that's flourishing and has a great successful podcast and career, I guess. And he did not get that without a girl coming into his life and helping him get that and speaking for him and like motivating him to get off his ass and stop playing video games. So I'm very envious of him because that doesn't happen that doesn't happen with every comedian there's so many comedians that just never get anywhere but that are funny because they don't have somebody advocating for them because they're too depressed or autistic or humble to do it themselves and fuck humility it doesn't get you anywhere in this business it don't i'm sorry it don't humility is good for if you're a scientist maybe uh, I don't even know if it's good for that. Humility is good for other things. Can't think of any examples. I think humility is good, but even in comedy, because it makes you better. If you think that you're not great all the time, yeah, you're probably going to get better. So it is good for comedy, but it's not good for show business. It don't help you none if you think you're not good enough to ask to be on a show or to submit to a show. It don't help you. So something that bugs me that comes up a lot in conversation because people are very uh, interested in this is if I'm Jewish or not. People go, hey, are you Jewish? And I go, I'm half Jewish because that's the answer. That's the truth. 
that's the most accurate way of answering that question. It's like, well, not none at all. I'm not none at all. I'm half. So I, and then they go, which side of the family, your mother or father's side, did it pass through? I go, my father's. They go, oh, then you're not Jewish. I go, well, it's nice talking to you. I'm never going to talk to you ever again. Because, yeah, that's a very obnoxious thing to tell somebody when you, A, don't know them, B, you think they never heard that before? Like, you think, and C, like you're telling them what race they're not a part of? It's like, would you go up to a half-black person who's clearly half-black and tell them that they're not black because they didn't pass through one side? Like, that's some arbitrary side of their family based on scripture of a religion that neither of us care about. So you don't follow Judaism, but you do care about that particular commandment that gets you to, that allows you to gatekeep other people for being Jewish or not. That's convenient. So you like to tell people what race they're not a part of, but you're not Jewish yourself and don't believe in it. That's interesting. So I, I don't know. It just offends me. It doesn't. Off, I mean, it just pisses me off. It doesn't offend me. I mean, okay, it just makes me not like the person. I don't feel like, oh, I'm offended as a Jew. Like, I'm more anti-Semitic than most non-Jews, and I'm half Jewish. I mean, so I'm not offended by it in that sense. I'm offended by it in the sense that it's a rude thing to say to somebody, and. When another person I meet is Jewish, that's also kind of like on the you know half Jewish, they'll ask if I was bar mitzvah or not, and I go no, and they go oh well I was so I'm more Jewish than and I go, okay, is it a competition? Apparently it is. Apparently people do look at it as like a competition to see who's more Jewish, because I guess it's like a status symbol or something to be Jewish or something. I don't think so. I don't really care. I don't control that. I don't think it's interesting to know if somebody's Jewish or not. Uh, and uh, the reason it's also annoying is because I'm always going to answer the same way. If you tell me that I'm not Jewish because it passes through the mother and I'm not, and I didn't, my mother's not Jewish, I'm still a half Jewish whether you like it or not. Because I don't know if you know this, Judaism is not just. A religion it's also a race it's an ethnicity it's a it's a it's literally a race so uh, according to 23 and me I'm half uh, Ashkenazi and so yeah I am half Jewish by blood and it's a physical trait you know like it's a like your race is not something that matters whether it came from your mom or dad the genetics are the exact same way. Biology doesn't care if it's from the mother or from the dad. Your biology, your genetics are equally weighted based on gender. There's no difference. There's no slant towards the mother or the father. It's random. Hey, I'm not a biologist, but I'm pretty sure that's true. So if that's, a, you know, according to the tradition of Judaism, yeah, it only passes through the mother because they allowed the man to have kids out of wedlock and not have them count as Jews. That's how they got around it. 
That's why it's a commandment, according to Milo Yiannopoulos. That's what he. That's what he. That's how he explained it. He was like, "That's so the dude can can fuck other women and not have to worry about if their uh, bastard kids are Jewish or not. It's only with the maternal. It's only with the uh, ones that you married that matter if you're Jewish or not. Whatever. That's how he explained it, and that makes sense, I guess." But biology doesn't care where, which side of the family your genetics came from. So I'll always answer it the same way. I'm half Jewish, and then if they give me shit for it, I don't know, I'll just deal with it. I'll just ignore them. It's like, okay, yeah, well, I'll, tell, I'll call up 23andMe. I'll tell them that I was wrong, that they gave me the wrong information since you're, so, since you're a smart person and you gatekeep people on their race, which is fucked up. And uh, also, I don't even care if I'm not Jewish. I would prefer, I don't care if I'm not Jewish, first of all. Because people do look at it as a status symbol, I guess. That's why they're so quick to cut it away from you. They go, oh, no, you're not. You didn't go through your mother. Then, no, you're not. But then if, you, if they say it is through your mother, they go, oh, that's so cool. I'll be extra nice to you. I'll give you special privileges. It's like, okay. It's fucked up. Jewish people are doing fine. They don't need special privileges. They give themselves special privileges. They already do that. You don't need to be an ally. Somebody said they were an ally to Jews. Like, no, I'm not Jewish, but I'm an ally. It's like, stop giving me reasons to disrespect you. It's just not, I, I, people are fucking pussy. People are dumb. Man. Like, not just dumb. Like, people are idiots, man. Like, there's no word for it. People are hipsters. That's what. That's all you're doing right there. So I don't like In and Out. I'm an ally to Jews. You're a hipster. It wasn't cool to be an ally to Jews in Nazi Germany. Were you there? Were you an ally, fucking Schindler? I didn't hear you back then saying you were an ally to Jews back then. You fucking hypocrite. You're only an ally when it's convenient to be an ally, and you're the first to tell people that they're not Jewish, even though they are, based on some arbitrary rule that most Jews don't even give a fuck about. You condescending fucking... <laughs> yeah, so I guess it is possible to be angry on mushrooms, but I'm not very much on mushrooms anymore. I feel a slight... Um, uh, I keep forgetting the word I'm looking for because I'm on mushrooms, but the word I'm looking for is nausea. I feel nauseous. So that's how I know that they're working. Anyway, I, this has been a great episode. It's actually been one of the worst episodes I've ever done, but I feel like it's a good time to stop because I covered all the topics. I'm excited to continue my life as a comedian, um, and I hope that y'all are also excited about something in your f near future. That's all that keeps people alive is being excited towards something. If you have nothing to look forward to, then what's the fucking point? Anyway, this has been episode 30 of the Tim Feigsbaum Show, and I'll see y'all next week.